0: Welcome, 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 welcome. This is the first episode of what we are calling um, the sit-downs for Mindframe Podcast. These will normally be reserved for our patrons only, but as we do this initial drop of episodes to get everybody sort of um, with even footing in the sometimes disjointed world of Mindframe, we wanted to drop the first couple of these to let everybody hear them. Um, if you like what you hear on any of the sit-down episodes that, that are available to everybody, um, they'll be available uh, for our patrons, so you can go to uh, Patreon, check out Mindframe, and uh, join there in order to get these. We'll be recording one for every single episode, so if you haven't listened to the um, prelude yet, then you'll want to listen to that probably before you listen to this sit down because we're going to talk a lot about um, events that are in that particular uh, episode of Mindframe. So the sit downs are always kind of a you know a, a Walking Dead ish discussion, a Talking Dead ish discussion of the the chapter uh, right right before it. Um, I'm Dave Moten. I'm the author and the narrator of Mindframe, and with me um, for all of the sit downs are. Uh, My good friend Zach Smith, say hi, Zach. Hello. Um, And uh, my partner in crime, Brent Van Tassel. Yo. Um, So the the point of these episodes, and then I'll uh, we'll say a couple of other things about ourselves, is to uh, answer questions. Um, Zach has has listened to all of them, if not listened and read the original. Um, version of all of them Um, and he's come up with questions just to have a sit down and discuss as much as we can about the chapters however since I'm the author and there are a lot of spoilers and there are a lot of twists and there is a lot of sort of obfuscation of, of facts and so forth there's a lot of questions that'll come around that I just simply can't answer without ruining something um, in the book. So his questions are a little bit limited because he doesn't want to ask stuff that might be pressing on everybody's mind because I don't want to answer those questions. Um, but if there is a question that um, he asks that hits a little too close to a spoiler, I'll probably bow out and ask what Brent thinks about it and we'll we'll uh, deal with it that way. But so Zach, do you want to uh, introduce yourself, uh, talk a little bit about your own writing and we can uh, tell them where they can find your books?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, my name's Zach Smith. Uh, I've been friends with Dave for about 20 years. One of his students at uh, BC, and then um, became a teacher in my own right, and started writing uh, prose the last uh, five or six years. Um, You can find my books on Amazon. You can search Zachary Smith, and uh, the titles are uh, Wolves at the Door, which is a dystopian piece about uh, wolf conservation in California uh we have shoot and over which are both about professional wrestling and um we have the uh sorry my latest one hotel california which is a horror novel inspired by the stand and um the shining and just my experiences at coachella since like around 2005 and the weird parts of california that we don't talk about as much you
0: got you got to see uh hologram tupac did I, d- I did see hologram. Oh, I that's pretty cool that, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm so confused about how they do that i don't know either it was weird <laughs> yeah and there's even that whole there's the i forget the name of her but the whole japanese uh pop star yes who the one with exist, the green like blue super hair popular yeah and does you know world 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 round yeah. sell out tours and there's no person yep there's no there there. I have a feeling that's going to happen more moving forward, but I think it's going to be like
2: representative of actual people's avatars. It's going to be like real ready player one, yeah. like yeah. transition to real world. Right. Like I bet people will be popular in gameplay and then they'll be like, hey, such and such is going to be there in their avatar as, a, as that hologram stuff gets better. Mm-hmm. where they, For they, sure. And you can meet the hologram, right. you know what right. I mean? Outside of gameplay in a real world.
0: Even just like if you like I'd be stoked if I went to like, you know, pick a band. Oh, I go see Muse Mm. and all of a sudden, like, you know, some singer I love shows up for a song as a hologram. Like they're live broadcasting from their house. I'm really watching live Muse, but they've set it up so that. You know, Tori Amos does a song with them, and she's across the world, and it's a like virtual I have, presence. Like, I'd yeah. be totally stoked to see someone.
1: And there. I mean, it's not like it's technically anything new because it nope. was what Jagger and Bowie doing dancing in the streets, like in the '80s, where like one was in England and one right. was in America. Right. So yeah. it's not like it's you know out, unheard of. It's just you know we have we have better tech now. Yeah. I think of something like a like hearing Daft Punk. I saw them at Coachella, and they have this whole like animated movie about that album. Like if they just did hologram versions of those characters. Yeah, I yeah. think that'd be fun. A picture we'll like there.
2: little uh, small drones, like augmented reality oh, where you, yeah, have, yeah. you have goggles or glasses on, and then the drone just represents a position. Yeah. And so they can walk around wherever they're going to go and little drones above them. Nice. At first I thought about like a little Pico projector or something, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's just going to be virtualized like in the right, augmented right. form.
0: Maybe in our COVID state, people will be enhancing these <laughs> technologies true. so that people can watch stuff.
2: I wonder if you can start to tour things like, I want to go to France or something. Yeah. If, and you can just yeah. like put some goggles on and check out like a real drone at Once another it location. Over. And, and, and take a fly yeah, yeah. around. That, and it, you're dope, actually yeah. going in real time. I don't you're think mean, we're too. far. How copyright is that somehow that. better than Google Earth though? But it is because you know it's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's live
0: time and you're controlling the drone, you know. Um but anyway, so uh, those books, uh, Zach's books, you can find them on Amazon or you can go to uh, mindframepodcast.com. And if you go to the shop, um, we'll have links to all of his books there. And also I'll, I'll go ahead and plug my own book. Um, those of you who know this from Sofa King podcast, uh, you've heard me talk about my my own first trilogy of books called the Six Paradigm Trilogy, the first of which was originally called Chama, New Mexico. Um, but that got re-released with my current publisher, and uh, it's been sort of updated for the times. And uh, it's renamed 181 Pine, and you'll be able to find that on mindframepodcast.com as well. Um, and uh, you, can, you can pick it up. It's about, uh, um, oddly enough, a pandemic um, that rocks the world, except unlike our world, it's also about an an emergency medical response from the government <laughs> that actually helps in some way. So, um, but th- those are some, uh, books you might want to check out. Um, and that's uh, a little bit more about, um, who we are. So having said all that, um, we are, uh, part of the, um, Podbelly Network. In fact, we are. Uh, Mindframe is a Podbelly original. And if you are new to podcasts or interested in finding new podcasts, or if you yourself are thinking about podcasting, there's a whole lot of people who are starting podcasts while they're still on lockdown. Um, you know, through COVID. And if that's something that you're interested in, um, go to podbelly.com Then you can find tutorials. You can find advice on what tech, uh, what tech to use, whether it's hardware or software, um, all sorts of tips and tricks. And you can also find a directory of, of good podcasts, as well as the podbelly network of podcasts. And you might discover something that you really enjoy and want to check out such as hillbilly horror stories, Or podcasts we listen to. So uh, go check out Podbelly um, and you won't regret it unless you regret things that are awesome. (laughs) Um, So, having said that, let's uh, get into some of the questions. As I said, the questions are a delicate dance because we want to ask questions that we think are going to be on your minds. But some of the biggest questions on your minds, I can't really answer because I don't want to spoil things. Um, and as I've said, the book is written in a very unique uh, way that might be off-putting at first and have you a little bit off-kilter as far as where and when you are and, and who's who and so forth. So,
1: All right. Um, I'll start with the first question then to give our readers maybe uh, an idea. Can you tell us what is Mindframe? Or at least without giving anything away, can you give us a general description of it?
0: Yeah, uh, Mindframe is... Um, it started as a, a novel. That's that's what Mindframe originally was, and really in my mind is it's the first of three novels that um, deal with um, the future. I tend to write science fiction. This too is a science fiction novel, even though several of the chapters will seem pretty mundane at first and kind of rooted in the in the real world. Um, but it was a it was a novel that I wrote, and um, I as the pandemic was hitting and as everything was, um, Coming to a crawl, and there's no more television, and everybody's stuck at home, and everybody's full of anxiety, and so on and so forth. Just the handful of people who are still creating content, the the podcasters, you know, like the the late night shows that are still like, you know, when they'd be recording from their attics and right. still releasing content. It was like I just cling to those things for something that isn't about COVID. You know, yeah. like I can listen to Conan O'Brien needs a friend and just have a laugh for an hour. And I don't have to think about things. And I was like, well, I've got this novel. It's going to be a long time before it's, you know, the the difference between reading a novel out loud and fully editing and polishing and getting all the errors out to publish it are quite different, right? I mean, this thing won't be publishable probably for at least a year, maybe more, just because I'm still doing book two and book three of the other series. But I was like, I can start recording it right now, you know, and I can read right over a, a mistake or a blemish. Um, and uh, no one's gonna see it, and I don't have to worry about it. So I just wanted to give content. I wanted to to give something that can take your mind off of the world and uh, take you to another place. But um, it's a it's a sci-fi story. It's hard to say exactly where or when it is set. But it follows um, it follows five different characters um, on sort of an arc. So there's every um, every five-chapter cycle will sort of cover the same characters. So the first character that you see is is going to be um, chapter one, right? We're still dealing with the, the prologue and the prelude, but when you get to chapter one, you'll start the story cycle properly, and you'll see a character who is um, a widow in an old hotel. Um, there's been a fire, uh, she lost her husband, and she's coping with the grief, um, and that sort of her story. And that takes place around 2011. Um, there's another chapter, um, that focuses on a guy who is a construction worker. He builds houses and, um, he's helping to rebuild, um, the hotel. So we get his, his storyline. We get the storyline of, uh, a newly promoted captain in the world Navy, which, um, Takes place in 2142 and she's uh, recently lost her father and she's also been promoted captain to take over his ship, um, um, which is a spaceship. Welcome to Um, (laughs) sci-fi. And then we've got a character who is the stage manager of sort of an avant garde uh, live theater. Uh, Not a movie theater, but like, a you know, put on a production of Hamlet kind of a theater. And then finally, there's a story of a guy who is sort of a member of almost um, a mafia family that sort of controls an underground of purchases um, in a future that's run by a thing called WorldGov where there's no such thing as money anymore but there's still a black market for things you can't find and he's he's the number two guy in a family that controls all of the black market purchases in the Americas um, and that one uh, takes place in the future as well. So it's kind of a, you know, at first, none of these characters seem to have anything to do with each other. They're not even in the same, you know, uh, time frame or anything. But eventually, as you get further in, you're going to start to see connections that, that, that weave in. Um, I think, Zach, you're up to chapter six. As we speak right now, yeah.
1: The only chapter I have not uh, heard is chapter five. I, okay. did, I did not listen to that you've one. You've heard yet. part
0: of chapter six, but you're and without you know saying it or spoiling anything, you're even you were talking to me right before we recorded here about some of these connections yeah, you're these already making. You're I'm starting making. to see yeah. these threads connect these people yeah. in interesting ways. So, um,
1: and it's and it's some as something like I always tell like students, and I'm sure you've told your students in the past too. It doesn't hurt to go back. So if you've listened to the sure. prelude. And then you're in chapter four or five and you hear something, go back, listen again. Right. You know, like it, it it's going to make it easier for you to make those connections and you're going to get, I, you know, you'll just get more out of the story. A of these are pretty short too, like, yeah. like nine minutes yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah. so it's not hard to do. Exactly.
0: And I think there's there's a, like one of my favorite novelists is a guy named William Gibson, and he'll often start with a, with a prelude or a prologue or something that seems to have absolutely, it's just like. A drunk guy dying in a hotel in mm-hmm. Mexico City, and you're like, "What? What? Like, who is that guy?" <laughs> like, and it'll you know I'll be like 200 pages in, and I'll be like, "I'm gonna reread that thing," and, and then I'll reread it, and I'm like, "Oh, I th- that's what that guy's," and yeah. it's like all of a sudden, it, like at that point, it's crystal clear what's going on. But when you're new to the book, it's like none of this makes any sense. But that's okay.
1: And I would say like your book doesn't even do that. I think even by chapter one or two, sure. we're finding or even you know part maybe part of the prologue if if you know we're paying attention like there's things that are hinted at mm-hmm. you know so i think you do a good job of kind of placing those hints uh, as what we call playing fair with the reader, right? You know, or yeah. in this case, I think a listener. that works well
2: too. I think mean, cinematically they do things like that, like Breaking yeah. Bad. Like yep. the scene opens up and you're like, oh my god, like yeah. shit. Why is went he in yeah. Yeah. And Why is he in underwear with a machine gun? <laughs> and there's dead bodies everywhere. And then they're like, you know, crickets switch scenes, and they're just like, you know, at a school carnival, right? And it's happy times, and so right. it builds an anticipation of like. everything looks so perfect what could possibly go wrong that ends in underwear machine gun right right so i I think that it's good because a lot of times especially with this type of thing it might be a little daunting like you're like what is happening right now like get to like what's gonna happen but when you have that little teaser in the beginning to know that like something crazy is gonna happen later like i gotta give you a hint to keep mm -hmm. you keep you hooked and Mm -hmm. i
1: think dave does a good job too with the idea of like he has a proper inciting moment with our first character in this prelude saying like i'm starting a war i'm getting revenge so we know there's some form of plot that this character is starting to hatch we just got to follow and see where those
0: threads are going
1: right so i think that's also really cool and it's not just you know and then that
0: even brings up other questions it's not just what is this guy's crazy plan right but what does he feel the need to get revenge For. for yep on a scale that will cause millions of deaths. Right. (laughs) Like Like that's kind of a a huge (laughs) amount of revenge. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It also makes you pay
2: pay attention a little more because you're like, which one of these little facts was that important? Was that important? It seems inconsequential, but like, is that important? You keep watching a little closer, I think, in anticipation to try to figure out what led to whatever you just saw. And that was
1: one thing too, is I was constructing questions where I, you know, I want Dave to say, you know, if he can't say anything, maybe he can just tell us, pay attention to that. And sure, that's all sure. we need mm-hmm. to know. And mm-hmm. that's fine too. Yeah. Yep. I think. Okay. Um, so the second question is kind of the dreaded question for a lot of writers. Where did the idea come from?
0: The idea this the idea for this particular book comes from a play. I talked about this briefly on Sophie King podcast. Um, I can't even remember oh, and we did our dreams episode mm-hmm. not, not too long ago. I talked about like there's a particular phase that I'll go through every so often where I'll have a dream and it'll be a dream that's very vivid. I remember it full. I remember it as if it was something that I actually went through myself. Like it's as clear a memory, uh, even more clear because I don't remember what I did yesterday, (laughs) you know, but these things will happen and I remember them very, very clearly. But these dreams are different because I pop into these dreams and I'm a character. I'm not myself. I'm somebody else. And I'm somebody else in the middle of a story. It just starts, and I'm already in a conversation in some weird place, in a car or in an elevator, you know, or something. And I, like at the time, all of it makes sense. But once I wake up, I'm just left with this sense of what the hell was that? Who was I? And where was this? And they're always in weird places. Mm-hmm. And this one, the 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 universe of mind frame, Started with a series of those dreams. And the thing that's interesting about those dreams is usually when I have one, every time, because I'm an insomniac, I wake up all night, fall back asleep, wake up, fall back asleep. But every single time, once I have one of these nights, every time I fall back asleep, it's a continuation of that same exact dream all night long. And if it's been, you know, if it's been three hours since the first dream, it's been three hours of live time when I pop back into this place, you know. It's
2: weird that you remember it. I mean, normally, Dreams are very fleeting. like most i would say the majority of people can't remember them. you remember them, mm-hmm. like, hardcore when you first wake up and it immediately just starts fading. I think your insomniac thing of the interrupted sleep must play part of that. Like the men in black weren't able
0: to flash you right. I mean they
2: hopped out real quick and jumped back. Well, but my normal
0: dreams are just fade. Go away. Right. I don't remember them, but right. these are these are so unique. and they even, the thing that's weird about them is it'll be the next night, or three days later, or a week later. I do it again, and then a week has gone by, and I'm still popping into this world, and it's always a strange world. It's always a sci-fi world, and you I should, you should write a book about that, where when you fall asleep, you're
2: actually just living the other life.
0: It's kind I of mean, what it feels yeah, like. And yeah, are
2: jumping back and forth. That man, that is it's kind weird. of what it feels
0: like. So in this, I had a series of dreams about. The war about a war that starts everything that's in motion here. A war that you don't see um in this book. there's gonna be a lot of references to it. The characters will just and refer to it as first Yeah, they'll too, just refer yeah. to it as the war. Yeah. Um, but it was technically world war three, and I I would pop into these dreams as a person who it turned out was he it's so bizarre. He did um He drove limousines for, uh, wine, winery tours in the central coast of California is who this guy was, but it took place after some completely bizarre invasion from the ocean, from the West. Hit the coast of America. And then over the course of the month of me having these dreams, it was him and this small band of people that gathered together and like moved into this little small farm in the middle of the, of the, of the, uh, just outside of Morrow Bay, actually. Um, and they were like trying to mount a resistance against people who were bulletproof and had weapons you couldn't stop and bizarre technology that looked like nothing on the earth.
2: In my dreams, I just can't punch very hard. (laughs) And, 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 And then sometimes if I jump... (laughs) <laughs> and I keep my feet up, it's like I'm in water, and I can wave my hands and right. just make it a little further than I should have been able to make. And I'm like, that's weird. Can I always jump and kind of float like this? Right. Hey, the right. detail. Simple comp. And the part. I mean, even, like
0: part of it was, and then part of it was they would huddle together, and I had several dreams of this. They would be huddled together in the kitchen, listening to a radio where the person, like basically a propaganda minister for the enemy mm. side was doing radio broadcasts and talking about like why we are invading and what this invasion is about and you shouldn't feel threatened and we don't mean you any harm and we're here to change the world and we're going to create this this true one world democracy and there's no reason to resist us and all this stuff and this vision of this world that this propaganda minister would talk about in these radio broadcast in these dreams, I was like, that's the world I need to write about. So that was how all of this started. And then I just twisted in my brain for a year and a half, two years, and evolved and turned into this whole crazy thing. Um And then oh, I it was already a crazy
2: thing writing. that you're. Yeah. Tra- <laughs> yeah,
0: like I'm wondering, like, I think
2: most people like experience emotion in their dreams, but it's usually fear. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? For right. You it seems like it's probably super complex because everything's so clear. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like maybe your imagination fills in some of the blanks after the fact where you're thinking about, like, the minister of propaganda on the radio? Like. Was it really that detailed and yeah? That I clear? wake like, I wake
0: up and I'm think like yeah. I wake up and it's like damn, that man. was a crazy turn. Watch as a, a minister of propaganda. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like you got a couple more good years and your your hard drive is going to be full. Yeah. yeah, Because like in we head. sleep in and defrag right. and you're just
2: filling it up with memories. Like, but uh, I don't do it very often. Like you're run out of space.
0: I haven't done that in a couple of years. Like I do. I don't do it very often. Um, and once really once a story is fully assembled, I don't like my brain doesn't take me back to that world again. Mm. So has that
1: happened for other stories you've written then that you you
0: dreamed it? mm -hmm. That was the start of the six paradigm novels. That was the start of a, uh, crazy bunch of writing about Asgard okay. that's been on the super super back shelf for a very long time. I still I'm still not done in my brain with what's happening at the with the right, Asgard okay. story and probably once a year I might have another Asgard dream and are there, those are fucking weird. Is dreams. there everything that's
2: just like less fantastic, like some more, and more mundane where you're like, "Oh, it's so basic that you're like i cooked macaroni and cheese and watched a couple shows and it still lasted two hours for two hours where you get confused to the point i would think that you would start to have a problem separating what memory was a memory versus a dream and an old memory you know what i mean like do you ever have stuff that's not so fantastical where it's like obviously there wasn't a ministry of propaganda on the radio in your real life so you can separate that that was a dream but as things get stored later on do you think back and go
0: like, you know, like more I wasn't in Asgard. No, because no, because if I have the recurring dreams, it's these bizarre <laughs> sci-fi dreams. It's like always I, bizarre. It's always it's bizarre, bizarre enough to make the distinction. Yeah, oh, for, sure, at, I guess. Yeah, for right. sure, yeah, sure, Never yeah. anything boring like no, that. No, because I've done that. at work all night and then wake <laughs> up like. No, damn. I do that all the time. I wake up like I have a dream where I've just been <laughs> grading, and then I wake uh, up and I'm like, really? I had to like now I have to grade. <laughs> yeah, no, I've worked on computers on that. <laughs> I was like, I always
1: get like the dreading the work. Uh, dream you know tomorrow like when I used to wait tables it was right. like oh yeah. I'm running it short I'm the only waiter on staff all foods behind people are pissed or when it became a teacher it was like you know some kid was acting terribly and that's the day my principal's observing me right, that right. sort of stuff
0: the worst is when I have dreams that I'm laying in bed and I can't sleep mm-hmm you have a dream that you can't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's terrible, and it's it's awful because then you wake up and it's like. So I just benefit. Like, yeah. did I really benefit from <laughs> yeah. that sleep? Where all I thought about while I was asleep was the fact that I can't sleep. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's. Well, that's you either get
1: fun it. shit or you get not sleeping. Right. Pain. So yeah, <laughs> right. let's 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 go with the fun shit. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay, so next question. The chapter says it begins present day. Can you tell us when present day is?
0: I can tell you when present okay. day is. It's 2142. Okay, so 2142. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: All right, and then the second question that kind of builds on that chapter also begins with a character dreaming, and so I wanted to come back because I knew part of uh, what you were going to say uh, because of a previous conversation. Is that in reference to how you got the idea with the character starting in a dream? No.
0: No, okay. No, it's not. It's... it's um, and technically, he's not dreaming. okay. He's trying to reach a place where he can sleep and dream. And gotcha. he's in this he's in that place where you're laying there half asleep, where your brain is yeah. doing weird things, but in his case, his brain does extra weird things okay. um, when he when he can't sleep. So he wants to fall asleep and dream. Um, but he's not quite getting there. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay. So one of the first things he does when he does get to that space is he he visits Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you can tell us about Copenhagen? Is there is there something we just need to we do, or should we just remember that city, uh, that um, future reference?
0: For the sake of the the things that are kind of of disjointed and seem hard to find, uh, hard to follow, my advice is start to start to pay attention if they keep coming up right. like if copenhagen doesn't come up again in the first five or six chapters it's probably not very important okay but if you keep seeing copenhagen come up then it's probably someplace or a person okay. if a person gets referenced um, if they keep if they show up again um, in, the, in the near future then it's definitely worth paying attention to that person you know, sort of on the next cycle of chapters, okay. right? If they come up again, they, they, they might become someone who's got some lasting power, but otherwise um, I would say look for repetition more than anything else. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Well then that kind of answers my next question in the sense that we get the mention of a character named Zinn and mm-hmm. I just am then going to assume this is either going to be somebody important or like you said, if he's not mentioned again, then it's not right. as important. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. Um, he mentions what, what has happened like the idea of what the idea of what Copenhagen is the mm-hmm. idea of who Zen is mm-hmm. are very important okay but whether or not that individual is important or that city is gotcha. important um, will play out later okay. on
1: Um, He mentions that he can't remember his first name, but he can remember his last name and his rank. Mm -hmm. Um, So can I assume then this future of 2142 that everyone is maybe in some sort of like worker colony system that some form of like identity is being removed from them?
0: No. Okay. Nope. Um, the only people that have rank are actually members of some sort of military branch. Okay. Um, and there's nothing there's nothing in the world of twenty one forty two that would make a, a typical person not remember their name. Okay.
1: I just wasn't sure because he said there's only fifteen people on the planet that could look up his that file. Infer- file mm-hmm. Yeah, for that information. So I wasn't sure if that was uh, just because it's being kept secretive or not. Right. Um, interestingly enough, he. You know, can't remember if his name's Brent uh, or Brent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Well>, shout out! <laughs> I'm sure your name's in there somewhere. <laughs> it might have already come. I don't remember. Um, so you've you've kind of answered some of the questions with that uh, that reference to Copenhagen and Zinn, So I'm going to skip one of them. Um, is there anything you can tell us about WorldGov at this point, or anything that you can compare it to for the listeners, like uh, other? Uh, fiction that they might be familiar with. You're like, hey, it might be a little similar to
0: this. Um, Not that I can think of offhand. It's really, I mean, it's the, it's a true, it's as true to being a global democracy as a democracy could ever be. Okay. Like a true, every single person gets a vote. Every vote is just as important as every other person's vote. Um, and, you know, at first you're like, well, that's awesome. But then it's like, but it's kind of not awesome. Mm. You know, especially does, if- Does
2: that global unification, because I know things from you telling me things and, and right. stuff and whatever, that right. doesn't happen in this book or does it? The global unification. Yeah. It's how, already how, happened. So by
0: 2142, the global unification. So by 2142, um, where this guy is coming from, right. um, world gov has existed for well over a hundred years. But do we um, find out why in this story? In yeah, it comes out in the not, not in not in not this, this particular point. chunk of reading, but in book one, like in in oh, okay. the mind frame novel. It's hard because just being your friend, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've
2: spouted things to no, me, you'll, and I'm you'll, like you'll, cautiously no, the, not the, the details
0: things. of what led to world gov and and where we are right. and so forth are there. But it's a, it's a it's a one world government that is a true democracy. Okay. Um, I'll just say I can't
2: wait for the movie because it's got to <laughs> happen. So I'm, I'm pretty impatient being that we're slowly recording right, this. Right. It's a long way from the movie, I bet. But, man, it should happen.
0: But the thing is that even a true global democracy has its downsides. Gotcha. You know, it's yeah. definitely got upsides, you know. But, I mean, it's like even – I mean, if it suddenly happened right now, if there was, you know, every so often in the book, they'll refer to the, the world vote. And if there was a world vote right now about, say um, – where uh factories are going to move to or Mm -hmm. who gets to eat what food or whatever americans would not be happy with the outcome of that vote okay like you know indians would all see a huge spike in you know the chinese would all see a huge spike you know all sorts of nations would vote in in very particular ways So yeah, let's make this, you know, uniform. We would just get corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, like, you know, many countries... So it's no different than today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the... The type of living that we do in America would be, uh, you know, destroyed by such a vote. Mm-hmm. But most of the countries in the world would be elevated radically by right. such a vote. So okay. it sort of explores all that would be a part of such a vote.
1: Right, and, and right. as you as you said, it, it can't ha- it can be good and it can be bad, just right. like any form of, right. of government we've yep. developed so far. yeah Okay. Good. All right, I'm uh, going to skip another one because, like you said, just pay attention to names and places if they get repeated. Yep. Um, our character is sending emails to a hotel. He's selling telegraphs down to the valley. And you don't have to comment on this. Just my speculation is that they can maybe move through time and maybe dreaming helps them to do that. So that's all I'm going to say. You don't have to say anything on top of that. That's just my sort of guess
0: I can't speak to that, but I'm curious what.
1: Brent yeah, I was just, Yeah, I was gonna throw it over. I don't to know. Brent. I'm
2: kind of lost, and I'm scared. I'm a little bit scared of spoilers because I'm trying to separate what I do know, what I shouldn't know, right? To. Right. Um. But yeah, like there's a few things of like you know going to work on the house and going home and the time changing like that. I really don't know. Yeah. Like
1: I don't know what to think about that. I I was. It was one of those things where when I was re-listening today to help formulate questions and getting into later chapters, it was something where it's like. You know, you feel like a detective and you're just like, oh, okay, wait, you know, this name is another nickname for this sort of name. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that character's name has already been mentioned. So maybe they're connecting to this chapter. And so it was really fun. So I yeah, think it gets
2: all weird Black Mirror crazy where I was just like, yeah. I don't know what to think yet, yeah. but in time. I'm recording all this stuff. I'm going to hear right. it. Right. <laughs> like just and I, be patient. I'm going to figure this out. Like,
1: And yeah. I think this is, too, going back to something I said earlier, where I think multiple listens can be very rewarding because this right. is stuff I had already listened to, but listening to it again, I found so much more stuff. You know, It's like when you go back after the turn has happened in a story, like in Fight Club, and you go back, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I right. can kind of see this Yeah, stuff that was now. all there. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, like you said, you do a very good job of playing fair with the reader. Uh, and I, I just personally hate uh people that don't play fair with the reader right you um, just have a big turn and there was yeah, never there's any never any indication. hint or clue yeah. and like look how like the information is there it's right. there yeah. if you're right. looking for it yeah. exactly um okay so there's a series of characters mentioned a widow who lives in the mountains around 2008 2009 and then he thinks to himself later maybe it's 2010 we have a stage manager from the 1990s we have Teddy in 1959, we have the Bolivar family in San Pedro, California, and we have Claire Bell Campana, present day, and Guillermo Campana two years before present day. A lot of location and time movement for our readers to keep track of, but I think that you've done a good job of foreshadowing some of the events and some of their maybe relationships. Were all of these things that came to you in your dreams, like were all the characters there in some way, shape or form or were they did they need to be filled in more? No,
0: there's one one character in the entire novel was from that set of dreams. Every everything else was was like, you know, completely you know, come up with and okay. characters I invented and, and so forth. So there's one character who was in the initial set of dreams and everybody else was not.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was going to be thrown even more if you're like not only experiencing this weird version of reality from this one guy's perspective, but now you also get to experience it from like five or six
0: different perspectives right. and no, how like yeah. schizophrenic <laughs> that might make you. No, feel. it's always from one particular okay. guy's perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, do you have any favorite uh, characters so far that you've written, you don't have to tell us who or why. I'm just curious, like if you have a favorite of the of the sections of the chapters of the of the people that you've written so far, just because there's so many different characters that
0: we're gonna encounter. I do. Um, I think, and I don't know why. I think my favorite character is I think you'll first see him in chapter five, which is Grim Bolivar. I think okay. he's probably. He's he's the character I enjoy writing the most. I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's something about him or if it's something about the particular uh, time and place he is um, compared to everybody else. But that's that's the one that that I enjoyed. How did writing you
2: come up the with a name like Grim Bolivar? Like, is there some kind of influence there? Like, with Grim from something
0: else? Um, that's it's explained in chapter five. Okay, the Grim part, but Bolivar was actually one of the names from the dreams. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Even though Grim Volover was not in the dreams. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Right. So that particular character did not appear, but the family name did. Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, um, finally, my final question for this section, is there anything else that you would recommend readers should pay close attention to in this prelude? Is there any... Name, location, or should we just say fuck it and go just in and not worry about that right now?
0: I think one of the most important parts of this entire world is, um, does deal with the fact that, um, this guy is trying to fall asleep, um, and he's trying to get to a place where he can dream. And he, you know, even it ends on him dreaming alien dreams and the idea of people. I can't. I can't
2: hear you say the word dream without hearing alien dreams. Right. Now. <laughs> because of editing, I heard that line quite a right. few times.
0: Um, Yeah, the idea of dreaming alien dreams is is instrumental to this entire world. Um, and it. Th- this isn't a book about a bunch of people who are dreaming. Mm. Just to also right. make that that clear like as you start to see all these different timelines that don't seem to have anything to do with each other. These aren't all a bunch of people who are having dreams. Um, it's, it's I think you would have committed the ultimate writer's saying yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. No, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not that, but part of the, part of world gov, part of all of it deals with um, people, a handful of humans who have dreams that involve aliens. That's all part of what's happening. So,
1: that's uh, kind of just of uh, the official question that's all i have brent did you have any other questions no for i think right now
2: hearing this though that's what i was trying to think so should the the listener listen to this before they listen to prelude or is this like like zach said listen to prelude hear this go back and re-listen you know what i mean like now that i heard this I, like some things opened up for me to be honest so i was like oh that makes sense I want to go back and re-listen. Well, I think you should always listen to the source content first before
0: you listen to the sit-downs. Okay. Um, Because I don't think the sit-downs would make a whole lot of sense if you listen to them without having listened to the content first. So I think you need to to listen to the original, then listen to the sit-down episode and hear what we have to say about it. Um, And... The it just, I just realized right now that the added bonus effect of that is we would potentially get two two downloads or listens. I was gonna make a joke, about, <laughs> I
2: was gonna make a joke about that earlier. I was like, is that strategy? Is, no,
0: <laughs> but it's awesome because I see what
2: you're saying. But like, there's no spoiler in here, we didn't say anything that spoiled no. anything, no, but you would so. go into it with like some tools in your bag. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, I.
0: I listened to that. I feel like you could hear this and then go hear that. And for, for this particular chapter, for this particular piece, it is especially confusing. Yeah, it's fairly like obtuse, it's, but you assumably did that on to be, purpose. Yeah. Yeah. The other chapters are not nearly right. as confusing. You might be confused about context. It's like it'll be a pretty clear narrative and you're like, what the hell does this woman in a hotel have to right, do with right. anything else? But it's this is a very, you know, even you know, just even as it opens and this guy's like sort of in a space where you're almost dreaming and you're half asleep, and that's kind of where his consciousness is and he's just drifting around the solar system. Um, But the it's the rest of it isn't written in a confusing. No, it's not. It's fairly
2: like the frustration in the first cycle of five characters is probably going to happen, but you'll get some immediate like relief and satisfaction on the second cycle. Like you start to see things go like, okay,
0: I think you'll definitely start to see connections in the second cycle of those chapters yeah and you'll like those
1: threads are clear you just don't know why they're right threaded together right. yet right. i think yeah. by
0: the third cycle of those characters most yeah. of them even if you're not going to you're not going to necessarily see how they all connect together right. by the second or the third cycle but you're going to start to see a pattern and start to assemble a world view that makes sense where all these characters fit even if you don't quite know how because they don't necessarily know all know each other but um, you, you know, you'll start to at least, you know, some of them do, and you'll start to put that together and yeah. and and realize things. But yeah, and, it's and like Zach. Mom. Like yeah, like know. Zach said earlier, like you do have to do a certain amount of detective work yeah. to put the pieces together. And eventually like, you know, I'm hoping people do the detective work and start to assemble the world on their own. Right. But at a certain point in the novel, like things occur in the narratives that like undeniably tell you yes. what are the connections between these people, what exactly is happening here. But until a particular character gets to you know certain elements, then that sort of confusion will still be yeah. still be lingering. We should, so just, we should so, sell a
2: decoder ring there you go. or a codex <laughs> yeah. or something on the yeah. website. It right. doesn't really pan out. But right, right. It's, it's cool to have, though. You can put yeah. a shelf.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, it's like what I'm finding fun about this series is you could either do what Brent suggested, which is listen to it, listen to us talk here and go back, or you can listen to the first cycle, hear a little bit of cycle two and then go back and kind of see what you find that is a connecting point because I think there's, like, he's laying us clues and we just got to follow. Right. He's got to be smart probably about depends it. depends on you, too. Like, yeah. maybe some
2: people don't need that. I feel like I, I need that. Like I definitely I probably have that. to go back, right. yeah. Right. We've intimidated them. They're all worried now. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I want to relax. You make me work. I need a decoder ring for this.
0: <laughs> but at the at the same time, though, even if you listen to it much more casually, it's like just... Follow Josephine in her hotel on those chapters, and don't worry about the other chapters. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. eventually they the well, worlds will. So don't collide.
2: don't drift off and try to think about. Don't try no. to make those connections. Just no. Stay.
0: Eventually, the worlds will collide, whether you want them to or not, and you won't have to put the pieces right. together. But if you're like chomping at the bit to figure out the where the pieces fit, there's a lot in there that's going to assemble a lot. Yeah, I just do it to make you. myself feel smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, that's it for our first sit down. Um, thank you for listening. And if, if you found this interesting or you found a helpful way to to interpret uh, what's going on in Mindframe, then by all means, consider uh, becoming a patron. Um, uh, if you go to Patreon and uh, search for Mindframe Podcast you'll find us and you'll see the different tiers that are there and uh, you'll be able to get these sit down episodes the first couple are going to be free when we do our first drop of all of our episodes but then after those first couple you'll have to be a, pat- a patron to get back in so um, I, anything else you guys would want to say? I think so No. alright I think that's all for now and remember the Lariat is closing